welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about how nobody is ever safe again, never, never, ever. I'm Justin. I'm Ted. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapters 17 through 20 of New Jedi Order Book 1 Vector Prime as best we can. With a dog on the loose, soon to come and barge in here, mm-hmm. and no functional keyboard <laughs> or triple A's to be found. It's gonna I'm, be good. I'm Justin. Yeah, we I think did we that, did right? that. I'm, I'm Tim again. Whew, still, yes. This week we're gonna cover those chapters, seventeen through twenty, and it's gonna be a bit of a long talk. But first, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon. A dozen and one Avengers need to be avenged. Ow, I bit my tongue so bad. Right <laughs> yeah. A dozen and one Avengers need to be avenged. The Yuzhan Vong use brain-breaking torture by tentacle brain boy. Hero types trapped with moving moon goddess. And Mara Jade kills Yeoman Carr. Luke gathers dots to be connected. But that was last week. We left off Luke Skywalker. He has dots. He has thoughts. He thinks some of the things that might be happening on the edge of the galaxy might be connected. He's not sure what the connections are yet, though, is he? No, not quite. And last week, we left off with a moon smashing into CERN Pedal anytime now. And we pick up there with Chapter 17, The Last Pose of Defiance, with Anakin. Driving through Earthquake City, looking for the cause of the crashing moon, right? He finds a crater, and at the bottom, a dark red heart-shaped thingy with blue spikes. The source of the pulling. He can feel it in the force. Yeah. Right? Not He can't feel the thing in the force, but he can feel the pulling. Yeah, the, the, the change in gravity or whatever. Uh, so Anakin shoots it. <laughs> and the lasers just disappear, and so does the source of the pulling. Deeper into the ground. His dad comes to pick him up in the Falcon because it's way too late to save this planet. Doesn't matter what this thing is that's diving down into the heart of the dirt here because we can't stop it and we're, it's, we got to go. This, the, he's driving along with the mayor. Yeah. And this mayor weirded me out when I was reading this because he's just sitting in the passenger seat, lounging, stoic, relaxed. Passive. He didn't even, like, he's dodging like debris and stuff well, and like the like, whole oh. city around them is falling apart and every this place that he, this planet that he's lived on all this his i don't know however long and he's just all right it's breaking apart before his very eyes and he's very stoic he's very cool but like i said han solo comes to pick us up it's too late to save the planet but we got to save as many people as we can so they fly off as the mayor jumps down the hole with a bomb strapped to his chest Mm-hmm. And he got the thing. The pulling stops. Ah, but yeah, too late. Too late. Cut to Prefect Degara planning a trap for New Republic fleets with the war coordinator, a.k.a. the tentacly brain, the Yamask. The plan is follow the refugees that are fleeing from Cernpedal and wherever they land, quote, we will begin the open warfare. They're all done hiding. Weren't we just like three chapters ago talking about how like we better not be discovered too soon? Yeah, let's 
do this hit and run type stuff. And now they're like, we will start the open warfare. I mean, all right. Sounds bad for us, though. Yeah. On the good guy side of things <laughs> in the New Republic. And we cut to Han flying in the Falcon as the planet falls apart. And he spots Chewbacca saving two kids. He's got them barreled underneath his arms and he needs a pickup. The kids that he's saving are safe. But after a nearby explosion, Anakin and Chewbacca have to run to a shuttle, which is buried in rubble, and they free all those poor people who are trapped (laughs) in there so they can fly away. And the Falcon's boarding ramp comes down with Han at the bottom. He's got his hand stuck out for Anakin and Chewbacca in this apocalyptic earthquake storm. They're ready to get on board until a toddler cries from the rubble. (laughs) They keep going back. And our heroes start doing hero stuff. Remember the mayor was like, you guys are, you have that hero. You're all that hero type, ain't you? You'll do the right thing no matter what. Well, the planet's blowing up, but our two heroes, Anakin and Chewbacca, they go save a toddler who's screaming underneath the ruddle. The ruddle? The rubble. <laughs> They're doing hero stuff. Then they run back to the Falcon. Well, they force float back to the Falcon because there's not really ground to run on. It's... Constant <laughs> and the, the, shifting there's, earth earthquake. And the, the there's a lot of wind. It's it's so, the wind is so strong that it's they have to use the force. Yeah, and they like lift the kid up to the Falcon. He's saved, but as Anakin's doing that, he gets knocked in the head with a giant chunk of earth with a big rock or something, mm-hmm. right? And he goes spinning off. So Chewbacca to the rescue. And how many times do you think he has saved these solo kids? And however many different scenarios across oh, all yeah. of their teenage lives so far, right? Big Uncle Chewie, right? Come on. He's strong. He's scary. Probably dozens of times, hundreds. I don't know. <laughs> but as he rushes off to go save Anakin, on the Falcon, we end up with Han Solo on his belly, reaching over the edge of the Falcon's boarding ramp, desperately trying to reach Chewbacca, who's holding an unconscious Anakin in his arms. Mm-hmm. Just to set the scene, before I take a very long read of the scene. Chewie, he cried, hanging right off the ramp now. Several others crowded about Han, holding him in place by the legs. He reached desperately for the Wookiee, but the Falcon was up too high. Chewbacca gave his friend a resigned, contented look, then threw Anakin up into Han's waiting arms. The ground rolled and bucked, and suddenly, Chewie was far, far away. Han cradled Anakin to the floor just inside, and the boy was conscious again, struggling to his feet as his father rushed back to the cockpit. Han worked furiously over the controls, bringing the Falcon around, swerving about buildings. The communicators crackled with the frantic cries from other ships, some blasting away, others unsure of where to go. Han ignored it all focused entirely on finding his lost Wookiee friend. Anakin came up beside him, falling into Chewie's chair. Where is he? Han cried. Anakin took a deep, steadying breath. He knew Chewie so well. Surely he could find his friend with the Force. And he did. To the left, he cried. Han brought her about. Around that corner, Anakin cried. Take it, Han told him. That was a terrible impression of Han Solo. (laughs) Take it, Han told him, and he ran back to the landing ramp. Get me to him! Anakin worked furiously over the controls. 
the ship vibrating so violently that he thought it might just shake apart. He turned her up on her side to get what down one alley and swooped around another teetering building. Oh no, he breathed, for there stood Chewie, his back to the falcon, and in front of the Wookiee, a fiery Dobito was streaking down. Closer, came Han's voice. Chewie turned about and took one step toward Han and the falcon, and then a burst of tremendous hot wind blasted through, tossing him to the ground, toppling buildings. One pile of rubble crashed atop the falcon, her shields groaned in protest, and sent the nose of the ship up, up. Anakin fought her back to level, started to turn her about to find the Wookiee, but saw instead, in all her devastating glory, the last descent of Dobito. The arrival to those faithful natives still praying in the ruined streets of Tosi Karu. They were out of time. Anakin knew it immediately. If he turned for Chewie, if he did anything other than take her straight up and out, the explosion of the crashing moon would tear the falcon apart. He heard his father's pleading cry to get him back to Chewie. He pointed the Millennium Falcon skyward and punched the throttle. Cut to. Han saw. A battered and bloody Chewie regained his footing, stood up high on one pile of rubble, and faced the descending moon with arms upraised and a defiant roar. The scene receded quickly, but Han kept his eyes locked on the spot, burning that image of the very last moments of his friend's life indelibly into his consciousness. And then he saw the beginning to the final cataclysm as Dobito plowed into the city. The landing ramp rose suddenly, locking into place. Han knew it to be the doings of his son, and then the falcon went spinning away as the shockwave hit her. Han didn't even consider the danger to him and the others, not even to his son at that critical moment. He just thought of Chewie, of that last tragic image, the Wookiee shaking his fist at the great unbeatable enemy. A fitting last pose of defiance, but one that did nothing to mend the tear ripping through Han's heart. It was a long read, but... Uh, Necessary. This is a tremendously monumental moment in the story and in the meta world of telling Star Wars stories. Mm -hmm. One of George Lucas's original four survivors has been killed. Yep. Chewbacca, the Wookiee and loyal, faithful friend of Han Solo for probably 60 plus years by this point. <laughs> yeah, a long time. Has died. And he died saving Anakin Solo. Anakin got knocked out and cast aside. And Chewbacca went back and saved him and threw him up onto the Falcon. And then stood there all as the moon came smashing into the city. An original George Lucas character has been killed in the expanded universe. And let it be noted 20 years ago when this came out, 
the man got a lot of death threats for writing this. <laughs> yes, he did. he did. The community went crazy. I we'll get we'll talk about it, but it wow. Mm-hmm. Right now, here in the story, like, whew, I'm just supposed to keep reading. Yeah, you know what I mean. All that time that I was like, oh, look at it, look at what we're spending time with this special Han and Chewie relationship, and look at how excellent they are and how uh, just what a power team they are and how undefeatable they are right that's what we kind of spent the first half of the book going over Mm -hmm. even though our first introduction was to anakin breaking up the ship yeah (laughs) right (laughs) and and Thank you, Mr. Writer, for putting this at the beginning of the series, too. All right, Salvatore. <laughs> and yeah, we kick off the NJ order. NJ order. <laughs> I mean, it works. Not wrong. But it sounds dumb. <laughs> we're not We're not finished the first book, and we've killed Chewbacca in mm. a total hero's death. Though. Yeah, and perfect death for him. I don't think if he had to choose a way to go, it would be right. any other way. Of course. Other than, you know, die old. I don't think he would want to do that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, uh, Saving his best friend's kid. Die a hero 300 years from now. (laughs) Saving your best friend's great, 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 great grandkids that he never even would have had a chance to save. Mm -hmm. Anyways. R.A. Salvatore just killed Chewbacca, dude, with a moon. Yeah. How hard is it to kill Chewbacca? You have to smash a moon. You have to squish him (laughs) between a planet and a moon. Yeah. What a crazy, epic send-off. Mm-hmm. And to do it saving Anakin, right? That's a whole that's just another level. But now we're just supposed to keep reading. Han Solo just watched his best friend die. Yeah, I yeah. I had to put the I put the book down for a second. <laughs> uh, and and because I've read a couple of these books, I, I, I knew that it was coming soon. But I had to, yeah, I had to I put it, it down. That's the thing, right? We talked about it before we started the series as far as like things that we know about the series and let's shut up about. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, we know some stuff and let's not spoil things as we read through. Because as I proved to myself in the last two series, uh, uh, you know, I don't always remember everything correctly, <laughs> yeah. right? Or to full detail or to full extent. So, but this was, a, this is a hard miss. Mm-hmm. This is a hard thing to miss, I mean, or to forget. Yep. And so I just didn't know it was happening already in the yep, first book. Right away. And so we just went from Han Solo and Chewbacca being superior tag team in the asteroid belt at Lando's place, right? To the the, the shield failing them. And let's call that... Um, let's... I, I wish I could think of a, a word better than meta. But let's like take that to a to an outside perspective of thinking, and what they lost actually was their plot armor. Yes, and that's representative of all the main characters, I would think, at this point, mm-hmm. because we just killed Chewbacca. No one is safe. Never again. Never, 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 ever, ever again. Yep. Chewbacca is dead, and I'm sh- I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Obviously, once we started talking about Serpentol, I knew it was happening. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of those things that you 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 know it's it's coming. It doesn't make it any easier when you're reading no, it. No, it was tough to read. Man. It was, and and it gets it doesn't get any easier to read as we have to keep moving forward. Anakin had to leave. Mm-hmm. Anakin had to leave Chewbacca. Anakin is the one who had to make the decision to sacrifice. 
his dad's best friend. And like I said, you know, the, the close call at the asteroid belt set, set us all up for this. And this, here we are experiencing the payoff of that. Yeah, this is going to do a lot uh, story-wise with Han and really his whole family and how the, this the story continues. Honestly, this kind of makes the whole thing about Han Solo now. Yeah. Because, like, his best friend just died at the beginning of the invasion that they don't even know is happening yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he died in a last pose of defiance. Literally what, written in the book. What does that chapter title mean? <laughs> well, probably that Chewbacca's roaring stand against the impossible odds, right? Mm-hmm. But if we take that for the meaning of it, uh, let's say, you know, the good guys against the Yuzhan Vong standing in that last pose of defiance, he got he got smeared yeah by the moon so you can stand in defiance all you want mm-hmm. but the death star is still gonna blow alderaan up mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter <laughs> where the, no matter where the rebels yeah. may be you can refuse it all you want but uh and that's like that's very dark that's very grim yeah it's not that's not although i was gonna say that's not very star wars i just referenced the episode for blowing up the planet mm-hmm it is very Star Wars, actually, but it's done in like sort of a campy way. And just when it's in reading or reading, oh my god, when you're reading it and it's in writing, you know the time that you spend in these books is exponentially, tremendously more than you spend watching move uh, the story of the movie. Right? Yeah, the story of the movie you experience in an hour and a half, and then times three, and then times six, right, and then three more if you want. But like, <laughs> you, uh, no matter how many times you rewatch them, the story is not expanding. Yeah, you might catch other things, and it's expanding to you. But the books, literally, the expanded universe. It, it, this was, we're on, we're on our nineteenth book right now. Yeah, right. That's a lot of hours of imagining and uh, experiencing the relationships with these characters, and all of a sudden, a main character just got killed off. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Chewbacca. There's no way that doesn't set off the dog alarm. <laughs> Chapter 18. Storm Brewing. Near Helska 4, where Luke has dots to connect and feels something deep and dangerous here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what could that be? Could it be? A giant tentacle monster that has burrowed underneath the surface of the ice and is propagating an alien invasion. Right, Luke. The, the thousands of aliens and warships that are around. I don't know. He's got dots. Yep. Those might be some to also connect to the planet. But he's flying in his XJ, X-Wing, and he skims the icy surface of Helska 4 and feels himself get tugged down. Dun, dun, dun. Cut to... Quote, you left him. Quote, you left him. Quote, you left him. Mm -hmm. These are the first three things that Han Solo says to Anakin in their interaction shortly following Chewbacca's death. And then he says... You turned and ran away while Chewie stood his ground and died. 
I couldn't, Anakin started to reply, and he was biting his lip now and blinking back the tears. Chewie, who had just done everything to save you, Han said with a growl, poking his finger into Anakin's chest. You left him! Anakin turned and ran off. Okay, man. It wasn't bad enough that he died. Now we gotta live it through his best friend's guilt and suffering and what's the other word? What's the actual word for when you're feeling bad about somebody's death? Um, I'm struggling with words right it's now. Like Tim. sorrow, like sadness, mm, grief. Ah, G word. But I was stuck on the other G word that I can't get back now. <laughs> <laughs> But man, we're going to have to keep, this is what, oh, this is a terrible way to be interacting with your 15 year old kid. Yes. After, there's no way Anakin doesn't feel the most tremendous amount of guilt also. And now Han Solo is plugging more of it into him every finger poke. Yeah, he had to make the choice to leave Uncle Chewie behind on the planet. To save the thousands and thousands of people on board and his father. And not himself and not to right? waste the sacrifice. Like he survived because Chewie left him. Yeah. Saved him. And it wasn't like, it wasn't a choice between save Chewie and kill thousands of people. It was a choice between kill everyone or only Chewie dies. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, there was no trading to get Chewie's life back in the scenario. Yeah. Alas, nonetheless, I should say, <laughs> Han Solo feeling the hefty weight of the grief, man, all the way. His best friend of 60 years just died. And he blames his 15-year-old son, Anakin. And cry and cry and cry and cry and hurt and hurt and hurt, eh? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's... I understand Han Han's point of view as... Who who else is he going to blame in the moment? Right. But the guy that was driving the ship, right. even though it's his kid. And their kids are like grownups now, in case we haven't figured that out from all the times we've been told. Yeah. Over the beginning of this book. Man, my dog's being so good. I love him. He's beautiful. Anyways. My little Chewbacca. You know, actually, it's funny. Right before we were reading these chapters, uh, so at some point this week, I picked up a piece of information i don't know off a meme or off of an interview or something where george lucas was inspired to give han solo a chewbacca sidekick from driving around all the time with his dog indiana Mm -hmm. in the front seat of his car and he was like i love this so much i'm gonna give han solo a dog friend and i'm just like you know, I'm staring at my best friend <laughs> with my best dog friend just right over your little shoulder there. I'm just like, man, God, life is good. Yeah. Thank you, Star Wars. I don't know. Thank whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Force, but what a beautiful dog. <laughs> yeah, Guess what? Not bad, Guess man. what? Took him for a walk today? Guess what? Yep. Someone stopped me and said, he's gorgeous. It happens. Every time I take this dog in public, went to go pick up the kids from school with the dog. Guess what? Three or four kids had to be like, oh, can I pet him? Yep. 
Yeah. He is the friendliest, most beautiful neighborhood dog. And everybody loves him. If you want, you can walk him by my house and I'll ignore him completely. No. Actually, I was going to walk him by your house yesterday when your brother was there. And I was going to stand outside and yell your name again. (laughs) (laughs) Like I did on Halloween. Anyways, okay. Nobody wants to hear this. Let's get back to the Star Wars. Hurt and hurt and cry and cry. And we really did just, we killed Han Solo's best friend. Yeah. I, I Not was, his dog. Yeah. His actual living, breathing, life-bound, life-debt-bound best friend. Yeah. Former slaves together, escapees of every imaginal, imaginable situation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was his 15-year-old son who had to make that choice. Yeah. Because Han was hanging off the edge of the boarding ramp stretching his arm out as far as he could trying to find his friend Mm -hmm. what a horrible and i mean that in an emotionally damaging sense what an incredible though death yeah and to start off a 19 book series killing off one of the mainest squad (laughs) is horrifying yeah you left him. Cut to Luke's X-Wing on Helska 4 getting pulled down. He's battling with a Dovin basal tractor beam and he doesn't even know it. And a mountain he finds in the distance that doesn't exist in the force. Covered in buzzing specks. We know what all this stuff is, right? Mm-hmm. What's the giant mound? It's a, it's a Yamask, but <laughs> I'm assuming it went head first in the ground. Yeah, it was two, it was giant yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> Kang tooth first. Yeah, God. And Luke's getting without realizing, getting to know a little about Yuzhan Vong technology. That yep, livingology. Hey, how am I being pulled? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Same question we just had at CERN but all. And guess how that answer went? Smear. Yeah, and smush, and <laughs> not good, right? So my question is, is Luke going to die too right now? Because, <laughs> wow, if, uh, <laughs> if ever I've been primed for the death of the main character, it's after another main character just got killed. Yeah, I guess it really sets you up for it. The stakes have never been higher in mm-hmm. a Star Wars book that I've read. And I say that as our 19th book. Yeah. Dude, Chewbacca just died 50, 50, 15 pages ago. Yeah, that's not even true. Like four, like like, <laughs> like like fifteen sentences. He just died, and Luke Skywalker's now running for his life from buzzing specs. Are we killing everyone to make room for the teenagers? No, we not, is that, that's, is that that's a way to go. That's a work? way to go for sure. Like we have a hard limit on how many characters we can include <laughs> in our books. And we all we talked about so much at the beginning. It was laid out to us. The teenagers are taking over. Are they going to be stepping over everyone's graves? Huh. Uh-huh. Well, it seems like it because Luke Skywalker is being pulled by magic gravity, not magic, excuse me, living gravity. Uh, He's also out of torpedoes. He's down one engine and his shields are questionable and the coral skippers are coming. Is he going to die? We cut to Han Solo, even in his deepest, darkest grief, can't ignore a call for help. He's in the Falcon and he wants to knowingly futilely go back to the ruins of Cernpedal and search for his friend. Yeah. 
as just there. He thinks to himself, I know it's not possible, but it's also, there's no way that he actually died. Mm-hmm. Like we've gotten in and out of so many things. There's like, there's no way. Yeah. Definitely in the high stages of denial and yeah. And just holding out hope just for no reason. Natural human stuff. Right. Yeah. But I, that makes me think of how, um, of how we experienced Chewbacca's death through Han Solo's eyes so that there can be no doubt. Mm-hmm. The one person who needs to have the 100% visual evidence has it. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. He watched his best friend die, be smushed in fire with a moon as he zipped off to light speed. And that's the one person that we can trust a hundred percent that this guy is not coming back. Yeah, the one person that, he, through all the writing of him, and uh, the in the movies the visualization of him, he needs that empirical visual. I need to see it for myself proof, and that's, he's got it. That's such a good point that I didn't even mean, but that you're right. It's so true to his character. But I just mean like us the reader if anybody is going to see it happen that we're going to believe the most Mm -hmm. it's that guy yeah (laughs) and who watched it happen that guy yep front row seat who connected us to that who told us about that yeah best friend oh my god well he can't ignore a call for help yeah no matter how (laughs) much he is in denial or how much he is grieving he wants to go back and search for Chewbacca, but someone in the convoy calms a desperate giant bugs. Uh, ah, Grutchens eat one ship to explosion. Yeah, that's oh, what sorry. you do. Sorry, headphones. <laughs> that was probably awful. Uh, as they do, right? We saw the Grutchens when, uh, when Kip Dern and the Dozen got murgalized by the troops at Helska 4. They're just horrifying beasts that uh, beast bugs that apparently can also travel through hyperspace. Yeah, and it's commented on by the people in the book mm-hmm. as like yes, apparently they can. The bugs are the prelude to Kip Duran's arrival, right? Mm-hmm. He said he was shooting for Cernpedal. The bugs beat him there, or uh, whatever the timing is. Yeah, they're there at the same time that he's there. And this is all just happening within, you know, minutes of each other because the planet was not smashed a few minutes ago. Yeah. You know, they they just made it up into space. Yeah. Kip Duren's there, though, and his ship is unresponsive, except for that auto distress call that he had programmed in. Han calls Anakin up to the cockpit a co-pilot and Anakin is drenched in survivor's guilt and dad is not helping no and we cut to lava shooting coral skippers and quote Luke was running but the enemies were catching him we cut to (laughs) it's Kip's XJ out there but it's also an intelligent bug trap as we come back to the space around Cernpedal the Falcon gets in a battle with some ambushing Gretchens. Anakin's excited down in the gunner seat for one second. 
And then he's like, oh, everything's bad right now. I forgot. Yeah. Like he has one moment of Yahoo. And then he goes, oh, my God. What just happened, though? Yeah. Uh, Probably that I feel bad for feeling good. Yep. And he's internalizing Chewbacca's death as his own failure. It's his, his own fault. Thanks, Dad. But there's too many bugs to shoot out here. They're on the whole of the Millennium Falcon, for crying out loud. So, they're obviously just going to burrow their way through there with their gnashing acid mouths. Yep. And it's game over for the Falcon. Not so fast. Anakin goes into the power room where he and Chewbacca had just been working earlier and shouting at each other, and he insulted the Falcon, and Chewbacca Scott Holland him up against the wall. Yeah. He's back in that room, and I don't know, he, he... Pulls the main power cable out and pokes it out a hole into space. And then it flip flops back over onto the hull and he zaps all the bugs off the Falcon's skin. Yeah, he, t- he turns the Falcon into a bug zapper. Clever boy. <laughs> if, I could, if I could just quote Jurassic Park mm-hmm. for no reason whatsoever. Anyways... I didn't know you could just do that, but all right. Yeah, and, and he, <laughs> that doesn't affect any any of the equipment, any of the communications equipment. That's definitely all on the outside of the hole. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. Right, and mm. like we've seen a satellite dish on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's their sensor, they right? They electrocuted the whole, the whole outer. They yeah, the whole outer shell touchings. I guess, and and at this point, he does like he does a good job. That's some quick thinking. Yeah, and it definitely saves the day. Uh, but uh, dad's like, all right, That's n- there's never, there's no such thing as going to be enough. Mm-hmm. But the two of them managed to get Kip's ship attached to a tow cable and we're off. The Han and Anakin exchanges are so hard and like so real mm-hmm. right now. They're hard to deal with reading them. And it is like, there's a level of like petty patheticness to it. Cause it's like a, a 60 year old dad blaming a teenage kid for his friend's willing sacrifice Mm -hmm. knowing sacrifice maybe not willing right i'm sure he would have jumped in the ship if he could if he could have yeah but it is there's so much to it that's just uh it's negative and it's bad and it's gross and it's don't be that and it's it's very very real feeling to me like that's something that the could poking his kid in the chest and being like you oh, left yeah. him yeah or at least that's the way i internalized it a poke yeah. per word that hurt that hurt me man it's bad oh it's a little was a good guy cut to house before mara yells flying catch over the comms and she scissors open the jade <laughs> saber because apparently saber means scissors. <laughs> she is. She opens up the jade saber and flying scoops Luke Skywalker's X-wing yeah. out of the air. Goes slightly slower than him, so he can just fly right into the hold. And, and he like just smashes all the engines off and crashes the thing into the floor. And go go go! And we're off to Debrillion, off yep. to Lando's folly. Yeah, time to run to Lando's. The Vong are coming because there's something crazy going on here. We just got attacked. We need to go report back and get some back. Yeah, the the Vong secrets and about to be is, out. Where is everybody that we haven't seen in a long time? <laughs> out at Lando's pad. And we cut to 
Kip tells Han and Anakin all about the dead dozen at Helskafor. And just in time, he finishes his story as the Coral Skippers arrive here at Cernfidal. And we all now jump to Lando's. Because <laughs> that's bad. There's too many of them. We're in trouble. Storm brewing, Tim. Yes. What's it mean? Well, here... I mean, he, the Vong. Yeah. Yes, right? The Vong. Yeah, here comes... They're storming. They're brewing. Here comes the danger. Here, the, the coral skippers are described as buzzing, much like the bugs on Belkadan that start the storm there. Mm-hmm. See, I've made a... I, I've taken two dots, and I have connected them. You're a step up on Luke. No, that wasn't even written down. That was just a dumb thing I thought of. Now, but yeah, I like the, the Vong. They're brewing. The storm is coming. Yep, and uh, if I if I could name another storm repeated throughout this chapter, is the one brewing between Han and Anakin Solo. Because mm-hmm. the man, the grown man, is not handling this properly or handling it well, and it's going to damage the child, and it's just a whole bunch of storms coming. It's bad. It's bad. It's brewing. Yeah. It's brewing like like a, like a coffee. It's either going to destroy everything that they have or they're going to be able to weather it out. And why did Anakin come to Cernpedal? Cuz mom said to Han, sorry, mom said to dad, <laughs> "Take the kid with you cuz you guys have been arguing since he banged the ship up a bit on the way to Coruscant." Ah, so it's mom's fault. I think it's going to be everyone's fault, except the real truth is it's no one's fault. Yeah. It's, well, he'll maybe have an enemy soon enough to point the appropriate fingers at. Yeah, but he's going to be pointing it at everyone else until the very last second. Man. That sucks, right? Like, you know what we're also setting up for in this series right now? Han Solo not being enjoyable. Mm. And fairly so, yeah. rightfully so, if this is what we're doing with the characters. But that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, he's like the funnest guy in Star Wars. Yeah, he's a, a long time. He's been he's been one of my favorite characters, as with most people. He was fun even when he shot first. <laughs> best, he was best when he shot first. All right, we got to keep rolling. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's been so long. Chapter 19. The perfection of teamwork. Where we get to Debrillion and Han wants to fight Lando. And I'm like, do it. Do (laughs) it. Yeah, of course. It's his fault. It's his fault. He sent them there to drop off this cargo that was so important. Yeah. He didn't know maybe that a moon was about to smash him. He makes a couple of sarcastic comments like, I bet your client will be happy now. What did you just say? He's going to blame everyone. Yeah. He wants to fight him. But not now, I guess. It's not the time. No. There's the bad the, guys are coming. There's things coming. We just jumped here. We're betting they're going to follow us. Yeah, I'll fight you later. So what do we do? Uh, the answer is no idea. But <laughs> Leia comes in for a big hug. And she says, I heard what happened. Anakin told me. And Han says, quote, he left him. In a sputtering growl. Leia is rightfully very concerned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the question is how right 
and wrong is Han. Literally, he left him. Yes. Was it the right thing to do? I don't think that's what he cares about. No. And so how can you be right? You can only be wrong now if you're Anakin Solo, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's emotions. It's not logic. We cut to Jaina and Anakin going over the events of Chewie's death. Which is a crazy thing to even write down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jason comes into the room and, and tells Anakin that he agrees that Anakin did the right thing. And then, being Jason Solo, the level-headed, logical twin brother, he speaks some logic. He says, Dad's not half as devastated and angry as Chewie would have been if he knew that all the rest of you were going to die trying to save him. Jason snapped back before Anakin's reasoning could even begin to take form. Can you imagine trying to face the fears of your own death Knowing that your best friends were going to die because of you? How would Obi-Wan Kenobi have felt if Uncle Luke had rushed back in to help him in his last fight with Darth Vader? He'd have been horrified because Uncle Luke would have thrown his own life away and destroyed the only chance the Rebel Alliance had against the Empire. Chewie's the same way. He saved you. Saved the son of his dearest friend. In the act, cost him his life. He died content in that knowledge. He turned away from Anakin then. Let me just add this part I didn't intend on reading. Looking back at Jaina, who stood open-mouthed, obviously stunned by his eloquence. Yes. So Jason Solo, a man of deep wisdom and philosophy, maybe doesn't often put it to words, but... We've seen him and his brother butting heads this entire time. They've Mm. been at odds over philosophy. They've been competing with each other over philosophy. They've been swinging magic laser swords at each other over philosophy. But Jason walks in the room and he reassures his little brother. You did the right thing because of A, the choices afforded to you. And also B, morally, had you thwarted that sacrifice to save everybody how would you all have felt sitting there waiting to die? Like how would Chewbacca have felt if you all hadn't saved yourselves? Yeah. You leaving made his sacrifice not be in vain. And if we want to talk about being the writer and being the story planner or, or editor, we just compared Chewbacca's sacrifice to Obi-Wan Kenobi dying (laughs) on the Death Star. Yeah. And how did that work out? Well, in the face of that impossible moon, that snow moon, (laughs) (laughs) we stood defiantly and destroyed the Empire. And so now Chewbacca's sacrifice being compared to that is either an out-of-text message to the reader Mm-hmm. That no matter what losses we may suffer along the way, ultimately we're going to be successful, just like every Star Wars story, you know. Or it's a reflection of the way that Jason Solo thinks. Yeah. Where he thinks in terms of if you do the right thing, then the right things will happen. 
You know, that's one of the things that's been slowly laid out with this character as we, as we move through the beginning of this book and the series is that he really just believes in a simple right thing to do. Yeah. Right? And a lot of that gets passed off in this interaction with Anakin. Like, there was no other choice. Yeah, and I, I like the, um, the as far as they're concerned, the real-life comparison to to another family interaction right that that caused later down the line something good to happen and so. that's something that i kind of leave out of that uh i don't know that evaluation of that comparison is that that's their family yeah that's their uncle who they is their master mm-hmm. uh jason and anakin's master both luke who ran away from obi-wan's death right han their father, Leia, their mother, all three of them escaped on the back of Obi-Wan's death. Yeah. To later save the entire galaxy from the oppression of, of the Empire. Oh, a big shake from Big Dog. Now he's moving, he's shaking chairs, and I don't know what he thinks he's going to get up to now. Ooh, dangerous. Can you place it later? But man, I, like Jason. I, is he talking to us, the reader, or not? Is everything going to be okay? <laughs> or are we going to lose too much along the way for it to be okay? For anyone to ever be okay like Han Solo right mm-hmm. now? I don't know. But Jane is impressed. Yeah. Anakin bursts into tears. And Jason runs away before he does the same. Yeah, he has to leave before he starts breaking down. Come on! Uh, go hug your brother. And for, all three of you should cry together. One of your best friends just died. Yeah. Your your uncle, essentially. But some people do. Mm-hmm. Run away. They don't want to cry together. Yeah, some people some people do that, and Jason is one of those I can take care of it myself. Well, he's not a person who wants to show emotions. Mm-hmm. He wants to seem calm and level headed at all times. So he yeah. runs away before he starts breaking down. A very thickly emotional family tragedy grief bonding happening here. There could have been more of it if he was stayed, but I like it, R.A. Mm-hmm. I like what you're pulling out of the death here that you've created, which I'm sure was given to you to him, right? Like this guy who's written two Star Wars books in his life, this one, and then the novelization of Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Don't think he had a lot of creativity leeway in that one. Mm-hmm. That movie already came out. <laughs> and 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 to be kicking off this series as like the ringer, I, I'm sure this main event of we need to kill a main character at least, right? Yeah. That at least that much was given to him. Yeah, we need to kill a main character. You choose who would be the most emotionally. Choose impactful. whoever you want. Yeah, choose whoever you want. Can't be Luke, Leia, Han, Jason, Jaina, Anakin, three <laughs> PO, R two, Lando. But pick whoever you want, <laughs> right? Because I mean, if you think about it, it can't be any of them. It it just can't be. It had to be Chewbacca. Chewbacca had to be the death that gets all the characters invested in the threat. That's happening here at the edge of the universe, and I, and I think he um, would be the most emotionally impactful to every character. Yeah, because if 
like say, I mean say honestly li- other than other than he, no <laughs> I got, I'm gonna have to disagree because I think any one of the humans outranks Chewbacca's death like Luke okay maybe not Mara uh, that's maybe a- Mara because she is uh, an EU an expanded universe creation right yeah. she's a book creation character maybe you can kill her off but like as far as readers we're not super connected with her yet mm-hmm. and she's deathly ill yeah so, yeah, so who knows kiss her ass goodbye <laughs> i don't know yeah who knows everybody else <laughs> has died within a week but i mean if we kill if we kill any of those other name if we kill any other skywalker solo character it's it's too much at the beginning well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm so scared that none of them are gonna survive at this point. Yeah, because they don't even know what's happening. They're totally outnumbered. They're out fire gunned. Oh, fire gunned. They're out gunned and out fire powered. Hey, the 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 ships shoot lava. They're out flower powered, bro. Yeah, the ships shoot lava. So Whoa, fire guns, flower powered. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a terrible family tragedy. But we are building characters through it. And let's remember that and not, you know, future actively send death threats to the guy. That would, can you honestly, honestly, okay. Let's talk about, I already said let's hurry up several times. Yeah. We're 53 minutes into recording. God knows how far into the podcast this is going to be because we don't have a keyboard tonight. So we're doing manual markers and we are having to pause with the dog and stuff. There's going to be a lot of editing to do. But my point is, we're already way off track, and I'm saying hurry up. Let's get more off track. Yes. Can you imagine actually being mad at an artist, a writer, a director, a musician, whatever it may be, for the choices they make in the art? Be mad at them for the choices they make in their real life. Mm-hmm. Many musicians, artists, and filmmakers go ahead and be mad at them for horrible choices that they made in their real lives. Can you ever imagine an actual situation where you're so mad at the story of a thing that you tell a human being in real life that you're going to kill them? (laughs) Obviously, that's a leading question. Okay. Your honor. Objection. Okay. (laughs) I know the witness. What a, what a stupid way to be. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking to any of you. Anybody out there who's listening. All dozen of you a week. <laughs> if any one of you. Listen. And I'm saying this as a person who hates movies eight and nine. I hate those stories. Movie eight starts with wasting an awesome villain from movie seven. Yep. And then movie nine. Brings back an old villain that has had nothing to do with anything. Yep. Okay. I don't like those stories. I still think J.J. Abrams has been has made some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. I still think Kathleen Kennedy has uh, not directed, but guided some pretty good stuff. I still think these Colin Trevorrow or whatever, whatever people. I don't remember. That might be the not the right name of the directors. Just because I didn't like those stories, I don't think they deserve to die. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, and guess what? I love store store wars. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> Beckers and Piggy Mart going at it. 
I love Star Wars as much as anyone else. I seriously, right? But as much as those ones are just terrible stories, it with terrible choices in the stories and killing characters off that mm-hmm. I don't want to see killed off and yeah. what have you. Wow, I've never in my life had the feeling that, first of all, you should die for that choice. <laughs> don't, 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 <laughs> don't comment on the fact that I just said choiced. Okay? No, don't. Okay. I didn't. You did. Don't. <laughs> Get it back together. Man. No, my. Get it back together, too. I can't. There's been nothing, whether it's story or anything else, that I've been like, you should die for that. Wait a minute. My second point was not only not only do I think you should die for that story, I will never tell you that. <laughs> if on the most psychotic day of my life I believe it, I will never say, I need to really let you know I'm going to kill you because you hurt Chewbacca. Yeah. That's so pathetic and so sad. And it's yeah, it so, really is. so much more prevalent today than it was back when this book came out in 1999. It's such a, it's such a, it's such the poison of star Wars fandom, the hatred to the humans who make the thing because yeah. they didn't make it the way that you wanted it. Okay. I'm sorry that the prequels weren't what you wanted. I'm sorry that the sequels weren't what you wanted. I'm sorry to the people in the seventies who return of the Jedi and, and revenge of the empire. What's it called? Empire strikes back. Weren't what you wanted. Okay. I'm sorry. You don't ever get to tell a person to die. No. (laughs) For probably any reason. And no, and no, especially over stories. Yeah. Especially something smart enough. Some made up thing. It's, it doesn't. And uh, who knows? Like, you don't know what's going on in someone's life and someone's brain, what's sure, going on sure. psychologically with them, but that's still not really something you should ever do. How about even just, how about even just, never mind, let's dial it all the way back, okay? I'm going to kill you and you should die is like 30 on the scale of 10. Mm-hmm. Let's dial it back to two. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. You know whose opinion that's for? Me. Yep. And probably you, my friend. <laughs> uh, not the person who made it. Hey, tick, 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 click, 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 click. Hey, George Lucas. What the fuck? I think you made a poor <laughs> choice with this. <laughs> Why would you ever do that? Cut two. Do brilliant. We're the closest backup Leia can reach. The rejuvenator of the New Republic fleet can be here in three days. Hey, that's not soon. Yeah, they're like Ord Mandal or something. Uh, the New Republic is NR, which stands for not reliable. <laughs> they are not in a position to be taking care of the outer reaches of the galaxy. No, at not this point at this in their point. governing. Yeah. They're just, it's not, it's just not. So, backup comes in three days. We have to fight here. Leia will be beside Han. In the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. In Chewbacca's spot now. Yeah. Now that's new. 
Probably has never, almost never happened. Unless Chewbacca was like on vacation by himself. Yeah. Go visit. Injured in the back. Go visit the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. He's got a wife. And kids. Yeah. Uh, one of them's Je- Jedi, I think. And he never sees any of his kids ever. Mm-hmm. Or his family. Because he's like, you know who my best friend is? This guy and his family. That's what I'm going to spend all my time. Okay. 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 We can't stop getting off track, Tim. I'm sorry. Leia's going to be in the cockpit with Han Solo. And the three Solo kids will be flying in the bonus shielded but de-armed TIE fighters. Yeah, that's that, that makes their parents super pleased. Very scared. Leaderboard, don't fail me now. Jason and Jaina are excited. Anakin is somber. And honestly, only Han and Leia are... Nope, that's not true. Only Han and Anakin are upset enough for my liking. Yeah. About the death of Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Jason broke down and had to run away. Jaina had a hug with her brother. Leia hugged her husband. Should you not all be in shambles? Yeah. Whether it was your direct fault or witness or not. Yeah. Maybe they're all that like uh, so warrior shock and or that warrior mentality. And there's trouble coming yeah. and we all have we to gotta deal with this. Maybe now. it'll come all crashing down after yeah. the threat has abated. But right now. Only Han and Anakin are experiencing this the way that I want everyone to. Yeah. And you know what? Go back to our other episodes of other books and stuff. I complained about similar things. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just a a fact of uh, science fantasy and serial nature of telling an ever ongoing story. We cannot forever dwell on the deaths that happen to come and pass. Some of us can, though. Han Solo uh, for... for for one this last day lifelong family friend has died two people care a lot cut to kip is on the falcon now with han and leia as the vong arrive and they are scared for their kids yeah who dies next nobody is untouchable now we used to have a, a a core four or five people that were untouchable they would never die yep not anymore anyone can die Time to be scared for everyone. As we cut to the solo kids in TIE Fighters. Listening to the battle beyond because they're bound to the planet by father's orders because he's scared for everyone's life. Yeah, and they can't get too far away from Belt Runner 1's shield projector thing. Because that's what's giving the bonus shields to the things that were bouncing all around the asteroid field. Yeah. Which they're flying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, inevitably... The battle is going to reach atmosphere mm-hmm. where the solo kids now get involved and uh, a dozen skippers. Whoops. Planet defense has got them. Ah, the solo kids were too slow. <laughs> ah, sorry. Sorry. Solo kids. <laughs> Jaina is frustrated. That's her way of grieving. Jaina wants to get in a ship and shoot the shit out of things. Yeah. She wants to kill some dudes. Bad guys. Not just dudes. She wants to kill the things that are threatening her family and friends. There you go. And I will allow that. Mm-hmm. You know, surprise. As the solo kids are flying around out there, they actually end up getting a few coral skippers themselves. Some of them get through the planet defenses and they're like, whap, 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 whap. We are a perfect flying solo trio. But then, surprise, they lose their special shield. Yeah. 
Right? Because why wouldn't you? They're special. Belt Runner 1 it's took a hit. It's the only thing protecting you, so why would you not lose it? So now they're flying under-armed TIE fighters. Yeah, no shields. Have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> you even flash a red light near them, those things blow up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's bad news. They're, all three of the solo kids are in there. The shields are down. Jaina says, the perfect advice. The shields are down. Well, here's her advice. Don't get hit. Hey. Hey. Yeah. But they don't. They kill more coral skippers and then, hey, no shields. So what's the point of staying here near the planet, near Belt Runner 1? Off into space, into the real battle, go the teenage solo children. Yeah. Into their first real battle. What are they, 15 and 17? Two 16-year-olds and a 15-year-old. Okay. Is my understanding, but I could be off by a year. I mean, I've been wrong about, I've been, I've been farther slow. wrong about more things. I'll tell you what. But we cut to the fight in space is not going well from Han and Leia's perspective. As the kids arrive and Han freaks out. <laughs> freaks. Yes, he does. Out. Man, this is wild right now. And I feel like, I feel like, I feel like everyone is going to die over the next, over the next. I don't know. What do we got? A hundred pages left. Yes. Yeah, Everyone's going to die. And we're going to have 18 more books of funerals. I, I don't know. What to say. <laughs> this is so like nerve wracking. I've never felt so many star Wars characters being such actual lethal danger before. Yeah. All this of them at crazy. the same time. This is crazy. It's intense. Oh, into the space fight, go the solo children and Anakin calls, for all the kids to take the fight into the asteroid belt. Take into Lando's fall. With no shields? With no shields. Hey, what happened last time someone flew in there with no shields? Han and Chewbacca crashed and had to do a super safety expert landing on the back of an asteroid. Yeah, survived by luck. What happened last time somebody flew in the asteroid belt with no shields? It foreshadowed their death. Yes, it did. Let's go, kids. Cut two. Extra rocks in the belt. Coral skippers. Yes. <laughs> Anakin feels like he's been called here by the force. Sure is deadly in here. But the kids telepathically link their consciousness? Yeah, I called it telepathic force symbiosis. Well, they... Whatever they do, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, special <laughs> fancy science word you want to put on it, mister. They join. And I'm going to read a thing now that starts with, their symbiosis mounted. Oh, hey. <laughs> and Anakin, as the focal point, felt they were working together and with the Force as he had only dreamed was possible. The perfect squadron, joined in thought and purpose communicating with each other as quickly as the internal workings of his own brain. Whoa. Wait. Hey. What just happened? We have been... We've had... We have... We... Okay. What just happened? We have spent the whole book discovering new alien living technologies. Mm-hmm. Dangerous things that are going to kill us that we've never seen before, and they're unstoppable. They smash moons into planets. They turn planets into green-brown gas storms. They're, they're asteroids that can cross the galactic boundaries, for God's sakes. Now, 
we've just witnessed a brand new force thing. Yeah, like a usage. A new force technology. Mm -hmm. The three solo kids joined their consciousness and fly as a perfect trio, seeing through each other's eyes and feeling through each other's experiences. And Anakin funneling all that information and directing his brother and sister. Yeah. And the three of them with him at the focal point, just destroying coral skippers and flying this asteroid belt. Like in a way that makes Jaina's 25 minute run look like a joke. Yeah. Right. Like these kids have hit a level of focus, concentration and power that they don't even seem to have thought was possible. It would be interesting to see this connection through a force, force user's point of view, like an outside, like Luke or Mara or Leia even. It would be interesting to see what they Somebody would Somebody witness that? Yeah. Or close enough to feel it? Mm-hmm. What would that concentration feel like? Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? The Yuzhan Vong. What does the Yamask do? That's true. He is the war coordinator, and we have seen him join the consciousness of an entire group of ceremonial <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, ceremonial execution uh, celebrators. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we're going to have our own force counteraction to that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's like the Vong, but good guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so intense that Anakin trips out. Yeah. He can't handle it. His body starts shaking. He's vibrating. His ship is going out of control. His brother and sister are on the comms telling him to bail, telling him to jump. He drops the connection and blasts to hyperspace. Yeah, with no heading. plotting coordinates, without gaining control of his ship, without having a purposeful direction. Anakin Solo jumps to hyperspace blindly yeah it always the power overwhelmed him he couldn't do it uh, he couldn't hold the connection yeah and just poof, gone what a cool scene with these kids though man. Mm-hmm. i loved it oh if they're ever coming to take over the books right <laughs> like you know what we can do things that none of you have ever tried before in your life and why can we do it because we are three super powerful force users that have spent our entire lives together. Yeah. There has never been, this has never been since the days of the old Republic Mm -hmm. or the the Republic. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean? Since the Jedi temple used to stand when younglings would all be kidnapped and, and raised together for years and years and years of their lives. But these kids are also family. Yeah. And they're also Anakin Skywalker blood. Yeah. The most specialist blood in the galaxy, which gives you the most access to the magic of anyone in the galaxy. And so these three kids team up to do something incredible. And we cut to Han and Leia having just witnessed history's greatest pilots. And Anakin's wild hyperspace escape. It's very concerning. Yeah. And they list off all the reasons why. Mm -hmm. His ship could be damaged. He could have just crashed into anything. 
Yeah, he could have been turned to atoms because he hit yeah, something. His random. atoms could be scattered all over space by the time we even uh, think about jumping to hyperspace, whatever, to go find him. But where is he? And is he alive? I don't think he he's dying off screen right now. No. After the absolutely epic, heroic, in-my-face death that I just saw, I don't anticipate this kid just got <laughs> turned to dust off screen. Anakin never seen from again, and that's how, that's how his story ends. But that's the chapter. The yep. perfection of teamwork. Yeah. There's that, the obvious. The solo kids, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they did it in such a cool way. That force connection, that force like funneling, channeling, concentration of connection. So cool. Also, perfect teamwork, you know, perfection of teamwork. Don't forget uh, the Yuzhan Vong. Because you know what? They were dominating. They were winning the battle easily until the three solo kids lured a large enough number of them off into the asteroid belt. Yep. That's what all the grown-ups said back here on Belt Runner 1 or whatever, right? Yeah, back on the on the planet. The Yuzhan Vong also have a pretty good perfection of teamwork. Yeah. And our first glimpse at Han and Leia flying the Falcon together as a team. Mm-hmm. Didn't go 100% well, as none of the battle did, but like our first look at it. But neither one of them died. And what more can you ask for at this point of this book? Yeah, yeah. Woo! Success. It, it's like it's like at work we have the how many days since an accident at work. The, that counter just got set back to one. Yeah, how many paragraphs since a horrible death? <laughs> Five. <laughs> Chapter twenty. Point of view. Everyone. Everyone, on Dubrillion just saw that magic solo show and they are all crowded around the landing pad cheering in celebration as the three solo kids sorry two solo twins land they're being celebrated as heroes the very first time they've ever launched into battle really yeah something large and they come back as i keep saying the word epic but they they come back as all like tale telling worthy heroes yeah everyone here is going to forever talk about what they just saw and they're all yelling and screaming they're cheering for the two kids anakin's power that he just displayed through this connection has shaken jason's philosophy yes done 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 the potential of the force as a greater tool for teamwork not just to better the self. Because mm. that was Jason's argument before. We're not supposed to be un- galaxy cops. We're supposed to use the force to make ourselves better and solve the problems that come to us. Yeah. But look at what we just did. Look at what Anakin just enabled us to be able to do, right? Like a level of power and a level of just perfection. Yeah. It's causing, it's causing him to rethink his entire philosophy. Uh, maybe not change it completely, but maybe rework it. It's a pretty large shift. Mm-hmm. Quote, how could the Jedi not use its power to maintain order in the galaxy? How could they not use their power? That's a, This must have been a pretty profound experience 
Yeah. Like a holy experience, a spiritual experience for him to so drastically shift his philosophy right now. Why would we not use this incredible power to maintain order in the galaxy? Cut to Anakin wishing he meditated more like Jason does. (laughs) right we're getting the mirror image of each one of them going oh i should obviously open myself up more to my my brother's philosophy (laughs) yeah right and anakin does the same thing over here in his cockpit (laughs) cockpit i don't i don't want to i don't even want to begin to dissect (laughs) no let's not (laughs) whatever freudian garbage is behind that but he's wishing he had annotated oh my god man Oh, my notes are annotated apparently too poorly for me to read that Anakin, of course, wishes he had meditated more like his brother. Yes. I wish that I had focused on on, on, uh, on myself, teaching man. my body to channel this energy. Yeah. That way I wouldn't have lost control of it and now been spun out here on a wild yeah, cause, jump. Because he had to break the connection so suddenly that he's concerned for his brother yeah. and sister. Well, it's like... What happened to them? It's like... It's like that one time when I did the dumbest thing ever. I played a bunch of NHL games. Ah, yes. Right? Have you heard the story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I pressed save. And then I immediately stood up while the game was saving. And I flipped the switch on the back of my PS2. Yep. Memory card days. Don't want to corrupt them files. And as soon as I flipped the switch, before my finger had even come off of the switch... My mind had already registered. What a horrible mistake I'd made. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, no. And I switched it back on immediately for two reasons. Maybe as a Han Solo hope, I can find my friend on that smash planet. Maybe I can just, it'll come back on still saving. (laughs) And you know, a, a lesser hope and even more futile hope. Maybe. When I try to load it, the memory card won't tell me this file is corrupted. But guess what? Anakin's got a lot of fears and worries about the way that he exited that connection, the way he left that battle. Mm -hmm. He has no information. He doesn't know what just happened. He just switched the PS2 off while the three of them were saving together. Yep. What consequences does that hold? And he's, he's exhausted. He's just floating through space. Just his ship is out of power. Yeah, it's damaged. It's it's no good. He fears he'll die alone. He fears his siblings are already dead. It's a dark time for Anakin Solo. Mm-hmm. If I could just invoke his namesake for a minute, meow says the cat in the other room. Probably. Could this be foreshadowing that this Anakin is about to walk a dark path as well? You know what he just did? Absorbed all the guilt for his best, his dad's best friend's death. You know what else he just did? Now he thinks everyone else is dead. Yeah. Dark times. Cut two. The Vong feeling good about the battle, baby. Prefect Agar is having a conversation with Prefect Asha, Asha, Asha. <laughs> and another guy who had another weird name. The aliens, man. The Vongs. The heads of the Vongs are meeting. They're feeling good about the battle. We kicked their asses. And we'll be back with more. They don't even know how many more we have. <laughs> the Yamask is also ready to lay a baby. 
Yeah, and I was I was is like have a baby split in half like mitosis kind of deal. Don't know. Don't is know. it gonna have half a tooth? <laughs> it grows into the full one. Don't know, but it's ready and they're ready to implant it at Dubrillion. Yeah. Is the plan. Belkadam, by the way, has almost finished undergoing renovations. Yeah, and instead of it being just a tool for destruction, is the way they're talking, it sounds well, like it's a meta- <laughs> metamorphosis. Well, it is a tool for destruction yeah. by extension. Because what's the planet ready to do? Grow more Yorick coral. Yes. For more coral skippers. Mm-hmm. Which is like, whoa, very cool. Yeah. That planet that we watched devolve and destroy over the first bunch of the book here is actually them setting up an airplane factory. Yeah. That's them. Like, let's, you know. They're like terraforming it. Let's make it, let's make it World War Two. And this is, and this is Nazi Germany sets up an airplane manufacturing facility in North America. Mm-hmm. And they go, got him now. <laughs> We're making him here, bud. <laughs> You're out of luck, right? Like, yeah, right. That's the kind of thing that it is. It's that's the the uh, the intonation of the the danger of the invasion. It's going really well for the Yuzhan Vong. And quote, they're almost ready for. Okay, not quote yet. Okay, they're ready for quote <laughs> the second level of conquest perpetuation whoa not cool no no whoa whoa they're they're now we've gotten here we've established a foothold and now we are ready to make it so that we cannot be stopped we are now ready to perpetuate our war machine by making more coral skippers by whatever else we're going to do to other planets we're ready now to be here forever we don't even know everything and we're the reader we don't know what they can do yet no but we know that everything that we know is more than everything anyone else knows and they don't even know how much all the things that we know can outperform the things that they don't even know yeah whoa that made sense not cool (laughs) cut to han and leia in the falcon looking for anakin they were just gonna make a random jump they're worrying they're denying. They're processing other grief. He could be anywhere. We'll never find him. Oh, I feel him. <laughs> That's kind of how this chapter ends, right? Yeah. Because the parents are, are, are bopping around looking for Anakin, and they're desperate. They're disparate. That doesn't make sense. Uh, they're they're down on their luck. They're down on themselves. They're not feeling like it's going to be an easy rescue. And then, oh, I feel him in the force. Yeah. Ah, thank God. Well, they would have known that he's not dead. They would have felt him die. Yeah. Or at least one of I them. I think I think that's what I think Jason said that to Jaina at some point even. Like, well, he uh, we would have felt something. Yeah. And so maybe he's not immediately dead. So good. He didn't get scattered to Adam's ashes. Mhm. ATOM ashes ashes. Yeah. <laughs> but also whatever. <laughs> but uh but you know, he could also still be in a situation that's hopeless. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And just because we can feel him in the force doesn't mean that he's safe. Yeah, no, definitely could be slowly drifting towards a black hole or whatever else. But it means he's not dead, so all good. Yes, as far as they know. All good for this chapter. Point of view. 
There's a lot of point of views in this chapter. There's a lot of changes in point to of consider. view. Consider, yeah. There's the heroes versus worrying, right? The readers versus worrying about the heroes. Yeah, because they all think they're gonna die. Everything that happens now after Chewbacca is dead, every single thing that's happened so far, they're like, we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's, it's been repeated, and that is how it's all. Hey, this is bad. Hey, this is also bad. Yeah. And then and then the comparison of Jason versus Anakin's point of views, right? Mm-hmm. The forces for me, the forces for uh, instilling control and and happiness. And yeah, and helping everyone. Which and... is uh, which, you know, boils down to what we've said since the beginning. Uh meet me in the middle. Yeah. And it's both, right? Well, they're coming around to that. A bit of change of point of view. And then we've got the point of view of Han's past. Which, there's this one point in the conversation between him and Leia where she's like, you you did all this and you did all this and this and then, and you survived and it's all good. That, his, comparing his past to the children's present. Mm-hmm. It's a very different point of view when we're living in a world where Chewbacca died. Yeah. And then, the, the, the point of view of each side of this battle at Dubrillion, right? We cut to the heroes all being cheered uh, after after the the kids land, and it's like, oh, we did it! We we staved them off, we defended, we just barely made it. We almost lost that battle. Compared to the Yuzhan Vong going, all right, so that tiny attack was super successful, and we have like a hundred thousand way more to go, <laughs> and so we'll smash them easily next time if we want to. Yeah, that was a good test run. Very different perspectives. Yeah. Two completely different points of view. But which point of view, Tim, will prove to be correct? Will the heroes live? Will the heroes die? Will the war machine perpetuate itself as they so seem to claim? Or will we be able to stand in a final pose of defiance in front of that ever-threatening moon? A snow moon. Find out next week when we cover chapters 21. That was a stupid joke, right? I liked it. Chapters 21 through 26. Uh huh, uh huh. To finish New Jedi Order, Book One, Vector Prime. We're going to finish it, Tim. We're going to finish the first book of New Jedi Order already. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Chewbacca's dead. He's gone. He's dead. They actually they actually killed the guy. And who's next? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.